This is podcast number five. I am Janice Christensen, your host, and we are here to address the tangled angles of conservative American values given to us by the Constitution while using facts and keeping it classy. Now, to those of you who are new to this podcast, I will reintroduce myself. I did a lengthy introduction in podcast number one. But my name is Janice Christensen, and I am a news junkie with a passion and interest in government politics and American history. And I have been this way my whole life. I've been curious my whole life, inquisitive, and I love knowledge. I'm married to my husband, Dan Christensen, a name popular in the Puget Sound region as he served in the Washington State House of Representatives for 16 years and finished in 2018. So I have been in the halls of government for years, and now with this podcast, I'm able to share and discuss what I learned and experienced from an insider's point of view. So I'm just going to jump into this subject today, and I've titled this, So You Want to Run for Office. And I think so many people are really coming off a frustrating year of 2020, and people are angry, especially with government leaders of their local, and of their local area and their state. And I know that some of you listening to this are really upset with the schools, you're upset with the governor of our state, and in the different people I've talked to through the last year, I've heard the commentary of what's out there is people are starting to say, I think I want to run for office and fix the situation. Maybe they want to run for the school board or the county council or the city council or whatever it may be. But people have had their wake-up year in 2020, which I covered that in an earlier podcast, What Does That Mean?, podcast number two. So people are angry and frustrated. They're tired of who's in the governor's chair. They're tired of maybe their representative in the legislature. They're frustrated with school board members. And just anybody who's currently elected here in our state, they tend to be very angry with them, disappointed, frustrated whatever. For good reason. I believe the party that's been in charge for over two decades, probably longer, the Democrats, are really running our state into the ground. They're ruining a beautiful state. We have so many natural resources and beauty and the sound and the mountains and the agriculture industry that is such a big part of our state and the aviation industry that's being decimated The Democrat Party that's been in control for the last couple of decades is really hurting us. So for those of you who are thinking, gosh, maybe I should run for office. Maybe I want to do something about this. I want to just give my insider's view, and I want to say this is 10 things that you should know before you run for office. My husband served for 16 years, like I said, as a conservative Republican in this legislature And I was very involved with all of his campaigns, his fundraising, everything else that goes on behind the scenes when someone's running for office. We did nine campaigns together, and we helped on dozens of other people's campaigns, whether it be the state level or county level or sometimes city races. We got involved with other campaigns also. So I speak from experience when I am talking about what it's like to run for office. I myself have not run for office, and I have no plan to run for office, but these are some of the things that I know and that I've seen after nine political campaign cycles. From what I've seen and what my experience has been, those on the left who are currently in charge have very little or no private sector experience. 
My husband and I are small business people. We have been all our lives. We still are. And these people on the left have usually only held a government or bureaucratic job. They have not signed the front of a paycheck. They have not been the recipient and on the receiving end of the laws, rules, regulations, and taxes and fees that our state has hoisted upon the private sector and small businesses here in our state. Those people on the left have no intention of putting into place what makes a republic thrive and succeed. So yes, if you'd like to run for political office, here's a few things you should consider and know before you get started. This is not campaign advice. This is not how to run a campaign. These are just things that you need to think about if you do want to run for political office and put your name on the ballot. The first thing I would suggest is to ask yourself, why do you want to do this? It's really important you know the why behind what you're doing, because once you get into the work, face the obstacles, begin campaigning, understand the gauntlet that you're facing, you really need to have this settled in your mind. Otherwise, when it gets hard, when you face opposition, when you begin to meet people who disagree with you and very strongly, when your finances are low and you're deadbeat tired, you must remember why you're doing this. To figure out the why is the place to start. This will help keep you focused and moving forward when it gets hard. And it will get hard. Number two is to ask yourself if you have the adequate background and experience to hold the office you're seeking. So many times during the years my husband was in the legislature, he would ask me to come along on some of these recruiting meetings and put, meet potential candidates. And by this time, my husband had moved into elected leadership as caucus chair of the Republicans in the House and then to minority leader, which he was minority leader for six years. So he wanted me to tag along to these recruitment meetings, and I didn't say much. I just listened. But to meet these potential candidates and generally have me there to sometimes get my feedback after the meeting. And he would ask these potential candidates about their background and experience and why they wanted to run for the state house as a Republican. And honestly, I'd heard so many of these before after we got going on this journey that within about 15 minutes, well, maybe longer than that, probably about an hour, within about an hour, we could easily discern whether or not this person could win. Some truly had the experience and savvy to win or had the potential with some education, coaching, and training they could possibly win. Others, not so much. It was really frustrating to meet someone who, for instance, wanted to run for the state house, but they were not very active in their home district. They didn't know what was going on in their own neighborhood. They were not on the school board. They were not involved in Rotary, the Chamber of Commerce, or other civic or trade organization. And they had not served anywhere else in their community. They didn't have a pulse on their community. They possibly had one or two issues that they were passionate about, but they really didn't know the people that lived around them and their concerns. And some of these people were social media and news junkies like me, I love the news. I am a news junkie. But that doesn't really qualify someone to run for office. Maybe these people had one issue they were passionate about and thought running for office would be the way to fix the problems and get a solution. So I think the second thing I, I would suggest is you need to have a pulse of your community and knowing what's going on locally will give you a huge advantage for a win. 
The third thing I would suggest that you think about is, does your family, your husband, your wife, your significant friends, and the people around you support you doing this? If not, to preserve your marriage and family life, important friendships, and the people around you, I highly recommend you do not do this if you don't have the support of your family. We observed through the years certain elected officials doing this job at the state level, in the House, and in the Senate, and serving the public as an elected official. And if their spouse wasn't for it and wasn't supporting them, they got divorced or they served under far more stress than those who had spouses and family that supported them. As an elected official, you live in a fishbowl for thousands of people to know and see what you're doing, and all these people will want to comment on it. So make sure your family is willing to be in the fishbowl with you of public life. You'll be subjected to a huge amount of stress and trials by severe testing, and without your family's support, your spouse's support, even your adult kids, it's very difficult to do the job well. The fourth thing I would suggest is start in your own neighborhood. It's really important to get involved at the local level because there's an old saying that all politics are local. And it's true. You need to attend school board meetings. You need to attend neighborhood and local meetings, attend city council meetings, county council meetings. Know what's going on in your area and who the people are who already hold these positions. Get to know the people who are already elected to maybe the position you're interested in, whether you agree with them or not. They might be able to help you and save you the trouble and expense of running for office yourself, or it just might solidify your desire to run against them. One thing that we've noticed is so many people can get really angry at the, say, let's just say the local school board in their local district, but they've never attended a school board meeting. They don't even know who's on the school board, and they have never emailed or contacted anyone on the current school board. And this is what these people are there for, is to represent the parents in the district and do what's best for the kids. So before deciding to run for office out of frustration, it might help you to get to know the people who are already there and see if you can work with them. Ask for a phone call or other meeting. Let your voice be heard. Ask others who agree with you or have the same disagreement that you have with, say, the school board to contact the school board and let their voices be heard also. Maybe you'll discover someone that's already elected that can help you. Or, like I said, this might solidify your decision to run for that position. And I want to, as a side note here, those who hold elected office closest to your neighborhood affect your life the most. So what do I mean by this? Who the president of the United States is has little effect on your life, but who's on your school board, who's on your county council setting tax rates and property tax issues, settling those issues, who's in your state legislature affects state transportation issues, taxation, education, and so on. So who's on your county council and your city council affects you far more because it affects your, your tax rates, your property rights, your water supply, your electrical supply, your electrical rates, and your right to bear arms. These local people affect your life far more than who the president is. Local offices hold a lot of power and most people don't even know they exist and most people don't even know 
who holds these positions. Number five, my next suggestion is to get to know others who are already doing the job or position you want, whether you agree with them or not. We are all surrounded by people who influence us. This is no different in politics. Get to know those people who hold these positions, study what they do, their positions on the different issues, and understand how they do their job. This will only strengthen you as you want to run for office and want to do their job. Number six is kind of a funny one. Um, This was suggested to us when my husband was first running for office, and I just thought, what? But ask the people on your Christmas card list what they think of what you're doing and what they think of you doing this. For those of you who don't really know what I'm referring to, for over 150 years, people have sent Christmas cards to each other, and we all myself included, who love Christmas cards and love to get and receive Christmas cards, have a Christmas card list. And this is anywhere between 40, 50, or maybe a couple hundred people on your list, depending on your, you know, how well you like to send the cards. And these are the people you send a yearly Christmas card to. These are people who know you just from a distance or maybe from your past or your really good friends. But these are people you have history with. These are the people you have spent time with and who have spent time with you in person. These are people who know you away from what you're currently thinking about doing. And they know you in your what I would call normal life. Call a few of them up and ask what they think. If you can't really get a rallying cry of support from the people on your Christmas card list, you might want to rethink running for office. And for this step, Instagram and Facebook don't count. Number seven, help someone else on their campaign. I cannot stress this enough. If you help someone run for office and you're not the candidate, but you're only on the campaign team, you will get a behind the scenes view for a year or so about what it really takes to do this without doing it yourself. Attend all the meetings, go to the campaign events, volunteer to help on their campaign in any way you can and help them win. This is an excellent way to learn about what goes on without putting your own neck on the line and without putting your own name on the ballot. And I know with COVID, things are different, and it's been an unusual year, but there's no better way to learn about doing something than helping someone else do it first, or coming alongside of them and helping them do it, or help your favorite candidate or the person that you support who's currently in office on their next re-election campaign. Number eight, and this is where it's going to get sticky. Realize you're going to be subjected to the biggest personal examination of your entire life. Most of what you've ever done in the past is going to be made public. Rush Limbaugh called this the biggest anal exam of your life, and that was an understatement. Now, of course, this depends on the level of office you're running for, But the opposition will dig up any dirt on you, regardless of how insignificant, blow it out of proportion, and do everything in their power to destroy you. Especially if you're on the right, especially if you're conservative, and you're running against someone on the left. We on the right typically are well-mannered and play politely, and we do not do this in our campaign techniques, usually unless provoked first. But if you're running against someone on the left, they will do everything in their power to destroy you. It's character assassination. I know what I'm talking about. So if you have skeletons in your closet, if you've ever been arrested, if you have financial mistakes in your past, 
or even an insignificant traffic ticket, they will find out about it. Now, there are many ways to inoculate against this, and that's when hiring the professionals come in. But if you have anything in your past that you don't want to be made public and aren't willing to deal with it when it becomes public, then I highly suggest you do not run for public office and put yourself through that. Even if you've made amends in the past, even if you've paid your dues, even if the people that were affected in the past are okay now, this probably still needs attention. And you can still get involved and make positive changes in your community, and you can still influence your community, you can still help others run for office, but realize you're going to be subjected to a huge personal examination of your private life. Be ready for it. The ninth thing I want to say is don't be in a rush. If you have been thinking about running for office, keep thinking about it. Do the things I've suggested. Elections are frequent. Maybe you would make an excellent candidate to run for office, but it's just the wrong timing. There's always time in the future to do this. Maybe it would be better to get more involved in the elections process, be a vote counter, an election counting observer, help count the votes. Just get out there and get involved somewhere. This whole thing about not being in a rush and maybe waiting to run for office, maybe waiting for better timing for you and your family, reminds me of a story. Um, There was a woman who wanted to run for the state house, and my husband wanted me to talk with her because she had some questions about what it's like to be in the house in Olympia while still having children at home. And so she and I sat for about an hour, and I told her what goes on behind the scenes when my husband Um, was gone during session, and I was at home with the kids, and just what it's like to be separated as a family during session. And I learned that she had had fertility issues for, gosh, maybe eight or nine years, and she finally got pregnant, and she had twins, and her twins were about six or seven years old, if I remember right, and she really wanted to run for office. And after I found out about her backstory and all the effort that she had put into for years of wanting to be a mother... I talked her out of running. I told her that, you know, she's really talented. She had all the right credentials. She had all the right connections, but she really needed to be home and devote her life to her kids because if she were to run and win in her legislative district, she would have to move to Olympia each winter during session and live there with the possibility of maybe going home on the weekends. She would not be able to be home and be active in her kid's life for many months out of the year And I told her that there was always time in the future to do this. And I did say that she would probably be fabulous on the school board or on a city council or county councilor or some other elected position where she could stay home and live at home and still do the job. But most of the Republicans in the Washington State House that serve in the Capitol in Olympia do not have the luxury of going home every night. They moved to Olympia for session possibly get to go home on the weekends, depending on where they live and what committee they serve on and the schedule of that committee. But if you're a Republican in the Washington State House, most Republicans do not live at home during session. Most of the Democrat districts and the Democrats that serve can drive home from Olympia each night because most of the Democrat districts are close enough to drive home. Democrats in our state do not have to make the sacrifice of having to live away from home during session. And this is a big deal. Now, I know it's different this year because they're having virtual session, but the Republicans who serve in the Washington State Legislature make far more of a sacrifice than the Democrats who serve. 
simply because the Democrats get to go home every night. Most of them do. And the Democrats that are in power in Olympia use this strategy of fatigue very effectively against the Republicans. And what do I mean by that? There is a strategy of wearing down your opponent, wearing down the opposition. And I discussed that at length in my previous podcast, number four. So if you want to know more about the strategy of fatigue that's used, that's in podcast number four. So the last thing I want to bring up if you're considering running for office is run for the office that best suits you. What do I mean? Again, potential candidates would approach my husband and want to run for office, but they were underqualified or had amazing accomplishments and talents in their field or of endeavor or in their business profession. But those talents, experiences, and resumes did not fit being an elected official. These people would probably best be helping someone else run and being a key person on someone else's campaign would be the best use of their gifts and talents, but they would not make a very good candidate themselves. Another thing, um, and I keep bringing this up because even this year, my husband has had a few people approach him who want to run for office. And so we meet with them and um, the spouses, the wives want to ask me a lot of questions about what it's like. And another example of someone who might want to want to run for office is you meet them and you know there's just no way they could make it. And these are what I would call armchair critics who, from the safety of their homes, spend way too much time on social media watching political talking heads spout opinions, and they get all riled up about the political landscape and issues. And maybe in their business, they deal with a lot of political officials and elected leaders, but they themselves are just wanting to run because they think that they could fix things. This usually doesn't result in them winning the seat. Running for office would not be the best thing for them to do, nor for the people who would have to sit under their leadership if they would win on a fluke or something. It happens, and it has happened. So I was trying to explain what I mean by this, and I I came up with an analogy. And let's say there's a guy who's a huge football fan. He's watched football his entire life. He knows all the statistics of every player for the last 20 years. He has a fantasy football team, and most of the time his fantasy football team wins the Super Bowl. Now, he's not ever played football himself, but he's attended every professional football game of his favorite team. He's met many professional football players, and because he's immersed himself in football for 20 years, he thinks his favorite professional football team should hire him as the head coach. He's watched and studied the game for 20 years, and he knows all the stats of hundreds of players. Now, no professional football team would ever give this guy a second glance, but this is so often how people approach politics, running for office, and how they view those who are currently serving. They have no experience of doing it themselves. They have no involvement at the local level or any community level at all. They only know what others have said and studied it from a distance while watching commentary and opinions of the severely slanted news media. And what's really sad is because all people know about politics is what they see on TV, they have a very distorted view about those who hold public office. There's 98 Washington State House of Representative members and 49 senators. Very few of these people ever make the news When asked, most of the public can't even name one of them. It's really important if you want to run for office that you've actually done work on the ground 
not just observed it from a distance. So these are some of my insider view things to think about if you'd like to run for office. It is not for the faint of heart. And having said this, and to end on a positive note, I would highly encourage everyone to get involved with your community and make a difference in your neighborhood, in your community, in your county. Attend school board meetings, attend the water district meetings, get involved in your city and county council meetings, contacted your elected officials by email and phone, introduce yourself to them and let them get to know you and start the relationship with them so you can influence them. They are very sensitive to those who vote. Tell them you're a voter. They will give you a lot more attention if they know you're a voter who's paying attention. I believe today our culture has become so toxic. Name calling and character assassination and cancel culture and erasing other people that you disagree with. It is so nasty out there. But you really can make a difference if you work one-on-one with people in your community. Get off social media and go out and talk to people. One of the reasons that people affect change is because they show up, they get involved, and they care about the people around them and are willing to step out into their communities. With that, I'm Janice Christensen of The Tangled Angle, here where we are addressing the tangled angles of conservative American values given to us by the Constitution while using facts and keeping it classy. Many thanks to Julie Barrett, founder of the Conservative Ladies of Washington, for her support, inspiration, and guidance in starting this podcast, and to my producer, Brendan Anderson.